0: You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode.
1: Hello, hello. You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today we are on episode 199, so it's about 20th of March. So we're we're about a week, week and a half away from uh, April, so I hope all of you are doing well. I'd like to thank all of you for being loyal listeners. I really do appreciate it. I hope this uh, version of me doing the podcast with my, just myself doing solo, hopefully that you, all of you listeners are finding it interesting. I know it really helps to have uh, Cassandra uh, in these, but as I've said before, she's really busy. She has her own business to run, so it's... It's just me, and we just haven't quite gotten to a point where I would have other guests on. I've had people reaching out, but it's just, a lot of it is, for one, it's difficult to do, and two, I have to make sure that I bring people on this podcast that have the same views, the same... I don't want to say the exact same opinions, but there's a there's a lot of differing opinions out there when it comes to the types of mold testing or how you do mitigation and things like that. So it's, it's a lot more difficult than I thought it would be to get guests on. There are people that I've been in contact with that have their own personal stories. A lot of those... We just can't get connected on the same page to to bring those people on, or not yet. If you do know somebody that would like to be on the podcast or has a great story, great ideas, whether it's mold mitigation, mold testing, a unique mold situation, toxic mold exposure, have them reach out to me and we can vet them and hopefully try to set it up to uh, have them on as a guest, because I would like to give you guys a little bit of variety, but... As I said, for now, you're stuck with me. So anyhow, episode 199, our topic today is black mold and your bathroom. The reason I wanted to talk about this today is the likeliness of mold in a bathroom is very high. It's quite common when we have mold mitigation or mold concerns in a home that it's usually in a bathroom, and honestly, when it's mold mitigation when we go in and we do a bid, we we pretty much do a full mold inspection when we do bids. So that would include looking in a bathroom. And you know, a lot of times, let's just say there's a crawl space that's got mold issues. The client doesn't think there's a bathroom concern. And then we go to do the inspection and we look in the bathroom and lo and behold, we typically find mold. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. It's very common to have mold in a bathroom. You probably ask, you know, yeah, that makes sense, Steve. There's Mold concerns in a bathroom, but why are there normally mold concerns in a bathroom? And the easiest answer to that question is is the sources of moisture, the elevated humidity due to hot showers. You have literally in a typical bathroom, you know, if it's a three-quarter or a full bath, you literally have eight different sources of water and wastewater. So you have literally three drain lines from your tub your toilet, and then your sink, and then you have five supply lines. You know, you have a hot and cold to your sink, you have just a cold to your toilet, and then you have a hot and cold to your your shower or your tub shower combo, whatever it is. There's just a lot of plumbing involved in a bathroom, so that's why it's very common. And also, your bathroom is something that gets used well, I would hope or I would assume unless it's a, a spare bathroom somewhere that you, you don't use very often. But it's used daily and it's used probably, depending on how many bathrooms you have, at least eight to ten times a day. You know, if you if you have a family of, uh, there's a total of six of you, you know, four kids, two adults... And you only have two bathrooms. It's very likely that that, that main bathroom that's used by the children is used quite often. So eight times a day is probably not even accurate there. So that's why it's, it's a big concern, um, in a bathroom. A lot of my, my clients and you listeners would ask, so, you know, what, like, what's a common scenario in a, in a bathroom for mold? And one of the biggest, And most common scenarios, the biggest problems we see, the most common scenarios is typically in a remodel. And so you're remodeling, you know, you have a bathroom that's usually about five foot wide, eight foot long, has a fiberglass tub shower enclosure. It's usually one piece. You typically don't mess with that. And anyhow, you decide you want to pull the vanity out, put a new toilet in, put some new flooring in, just, you know, a few thousand dollars worth of work just to spruce it up a little bit. And you pull that vanity out and lo and behold, you see some discoloration, could be greenish, whitish, black, could be any type of color. And it's sandwiched between that that vanity and then the wall itself, typically, which would be sheetrock. Sometimes it's green board in uh, bathrooms. It used to be code in a lot of municipalities, but these days they've kind of removed that code. And you're probably asking, why is green board, why was it code to put it in a bathroom and now it's not? I don't know why municipalities change their codes, but a lot of times they do it, you know, based on feedback or research that tells them that they don't have to do it. That's probably the best way to answer that. And in my opinion, I believe the green board was... Falsely assumed to be mold resist or mold proof. It's, it is mold resistant. It's green board. But I think a lot of people thought if they put it up that there's no, no chance to have a mold in a bathroom. And that's not true at all. Uh, green board was still gypsum, which is a cellulose material. It's still porous, not as porous as, you know, things like insulation. But anyhow, it was commonly thought of that, Hey, I've, I've got green board in here. We don't have any worries. And that's not the case. And a lot of people even thought, you know, when you, when you put tile in a bathroom, you typically put up Durrock and you can put that on a floor, you can put it on a wall. There's different backing materials you can use, but a lot of people thought Durrock was something that couldn't get moldy either. And for the most part, it's true. But on the other hand, not everything in the bathroom is a non-porous surface like Dura Rock. So, you know, I I think going back to what I was saying, I think the reason that a lot of the municipalities removed that code for greenboard was simply due to the fact that it really didn't prevent mold. Yes, it was mold resistant, but you were still having mold issues. And honestly, I've seen active or viable, however you want to uh, word it. I've seen viable mold growth. Common, it's very common on green board. The misnomer that it was mold proof was was not true. So anyhow, um, that's probably the most common scenario we see is you pull that vanity out and then you have mold on that sheetrock and it was essentially sandwiched between the back of the cabinets, which is typically just a real thin piece of uh, whatever type of wood material that they use, and between the sheetrock itself. So you couldn't see it until you pulled that vanity out. And I'm sure you're asking, so what do we do? We, you know, we found, we found this mold after we pulled our vanity out. What are we supposed to do? Well, I'm sure you're not shocked to hear me say, I hope you contact a mold specialist or a mold mitigation company. Always, I always recommend obviously a professional, but let's just say that You're right in the middle of your remodel your contractor says hey i i I could take care of this this is just mold we can just spray it um make sure you don't go down that road mold always has to be removed it can't be just sprayed or fogged or whatever process they use it has to be removed meaning if there's mold on the sheetrock itself it's got to the sheetrock has to be removed so first and foremost obviously you would contact a specialist but if you can't get one in there the, the best thing you could do is something we talked about last week is you can put up a containment. Now, if this is a bathroom that is used daily, and let's just go back to the scenario I said, there's six of you, you have two bathrooms, you know, let's say it's a four bedroom, two bath. The adults typically would use the master bath and then the children would use the main hallway bathroom. So you have four people that are more or less without a bathroom. And as inconvenient as it could and would be, the best thing you could do is put a containment up on that door and literally shut all the water valves off in that bathroom, cover up the HVAC vent if there is one in there, and let those four four children, as much as it would pain you, have them use your bathroom because if you're coming in and out of that bathroom and you think that you just can put plastic up on the wall, it's very likely that that contaminated airspace is going to contaminate the rest of the house. So you need to make sure that it is dealt with properly. Does that mean you always have to get a mold specialist in there no matter what? No. As I've told you before, I always recommend it, but per our certification standards and per the EPA, if it is smaller than 10 square feet. So remember, (laughs) 10 square feet, that is not much. That is literally just bigger than a three by three area. So that literally would mean the size of a window in a bedroom is larger than 10 square feet. Keep that in mind that 10 square feet isn't much, but the EPA does tell us that if it is smaller than 10 square feet, you can do it yourself. You're probably asking, well, okay, so Steve just said we can do it ourselves. I'm not telling you you can. I don't think you should, but per the EPA, they're saying that we can, we can tell you that you can do that. And if you go to the EPA.gov, you'll read that. But as far as myself and CNC contractor services, we are not going to. If you send me an email and say, hey, Steve, we found some mold. We can't afford to hire a mitigation contractor. It's only eight square feet. What do I need to do? I'm not going to tell you all the steps we take. Now, will I help you out? Absolutely. I'll give you pointers. But I'm not going to recommend to you to do it on your own. And... As as much as it seems like I'm trying to make this a money issue, it has nothing to do with money. It's a liability concern. The reason it turns into a liability concern, at least from my perspective, obviously I'm not a lawyer, so I can't give you legal advice, but the reason why I believe it's a big liability concern is, for one, if I'm telling you how to do something, I do believe I'm misleading you into the fact that you can do it, even if you go... You know, rent air scrubbers or ozone machines. You go buy the proper PPE. You buy the chemicals that we use as professionals. You buy a fogger. You rent a fogging machine. Whatever it is, you're, you're kind of lulled into the fact that you think that I think you're capable of doing it. And I'm not saying you're not capable. I know you're fully capable of doing it. But the biggest concern is, is that. You can cross-contaminate, and that's why you have a containment up. And also, another concern is, and I've said this many times, I haven't gotten to say this in a while, but mold is the gift that keeps on giving. And what I mean by that is, is you're going to see the the sheetrock. It looks like there's just a little bit of mold on the sheetrock after you've pulled out your vanity. So you cut that sheetrock out, we do what we would call a flood cut, and lo and behold, you open that wall cavity, and you see that there's mold on the backside of the sheetrock on whatever room's adjacent to it. Let's just say it's your living room that's on the other side of that bathroom. You can see mold on that wall. Well, so now what do you do? Now you have a concern in your living room. Now, does that mean that the the mold's already in the living room? No. But once you start cutting that wall out on the living room side... Then you have a whole other mess to to deal with. And can you put up a containment? Absolutely. That's, That's the kind of things we do. But my point is this, is that the mold is typically not isolated to that one area that you initially see. And on top of that, you've got to bring in a plumber because you've got to figure out what caused that. Mold doesn't just start growing. Mold spores are naturally present in a home. Mold infestations are not. So keep that in mind. You know, when people say, oh, mold's fine, it doesn't matter, it's, it's just naturally in your home. That's true. Those are the mold spores that are naturally floating around. When building materials such as sheetrock and insulation and all sorts of things, whatever we use these days, there's glues and, and stains and just, just chemicals that are used in all building materials. Once those get wet, that's where those mycotoxins are coming from. So keep that in mind that once that stuff gets wet it's not good. Whether it's a common mold type that's there, the wet building materials is the red flag. And so my point is this, is that the the mold doesn't just start to grow. There had to have been some sort of moisture intrusion event, which could have been a drain pipe that was leaking, could have been a water supply line. And, you know, it's something that led to those mold concerns. So keep in mind that Just a simple fix in your mind in a bathroom could turn into something that's really major. And by the time you're trying to do it yourself and things go awry and nothing ever goes as planned or for the most part for us as professionals, a mold mitigation job is typically never what we can see visibly when we do our estimates. At the end of the day, it's going to be a lot worse than what you thought. So keep that in mind. But going back to mold in your bathroom, there, you know, there's other situations that could cause mold in your bathroom. You could have whoever, a teenager that loves to take hot showers. And if you don't have a instant water heater, uh, typically, That's about the only thing that'll give you endless hot water. But if you have a a water heater that's a 40, 50-gallon tank, typically that teenager literally drains that tank. They don't turn on the fan in the bathroom, and even if they do, it's really steamy and foggy in there, and they do that daily. That can cause mold concerns. Another hot spot for mold in a bathroom is obviously the toilet. Uh, Typically, you don't see those problems until you pull that toilet up and then all the subfloor around that toilet is rotted because the wax seal was defective. So keep that in mind that the scenario I went over is not the only scenario. What's our call to action for this podcast episode? I just talked to you about high humidity in a bathroom that someone uses to shower in and it's steamy all the time. The best way to know if you're having problems or could have problems anywhere in your home, but especially in a bathroom is to install a humidity gauge. And we've done podcast episodes about that. So you can, you can go back through. I don't have the episode numbers, but we talk about it quite often. Uh, there are humidity gauges where you literally can buy a five pack for $30 off of Amazon. There are some that are $30 for just one and. You know, the reason that would cost more is because it has Bluetooth capabilities. Um, Some of them have a wireless receiver, so you could literally have the LCD screen in your kitchen, and then the the actual monitor itself could be in a crawl space or in an attic or anything like that. So my point is, is they're not that expensive. Make sure you have a humidity gauge in your bathroom. I've always recommended that you have them in several areas throughout your home, but every bathroom should have one, and you want to make sure that the humidity... Humidity in that bathroom is not above 60%. Now, if that teenager that showers with a hot shower all the time and you tell them, hey, you've got you gotta get more ventilation in here, if if they keep doing that and for 48 hours the humidity is above 60%, eventually you are going to have a mold problem. So keep that in mind. Also, if you do run into any problems, let's say you're doing a remodel or you have a contractor, handyman, whoever that's doing a remodel and you run into some mold, keep in mind that I do offer consultations. I do have several different consultation packages. You can find those on my website at cnccontractorservices.com. Once again, this is episode 199. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.